What is up, listeners? I'm, uh, uh, welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. Oh, this is dumb. And this is a podcast <laughs> where we discuss... Oh, no, Peter. This no, is a podcast Peter. where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We are going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we are going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we are going to be reviewing Fair Play. Uh, it was released on Netflix last week yeah uh, but before we get into it news i'm sick that's why my voice sounds weird news two a24 <laughs> is is pivoting their uh their what would you call it like their their business structure i suppose so yeah. they've lost quote like millions on certain films such as Bo is afraid. That's why they should uh, not let Ari Aster make movies. <laughs> Maybe I feel like they're taking the we're getting ahead Just of ourselves, kidding. but I feel like they're taking the wrong lessons away from we lost money on Bo is afraid. But uh, <laughs> they need to they need to recoup some costs, so they're looking to make they're looking to break into action and big IP projects. Mm. Um, I don't mind the action part, like the idea of fine, making like yeah. a really good like just well-made action movie but I, the idea of making big ip projects i'm like oh man especially like i i'm not on twitter as much as i used to be like even a few months ago but yeah um just every time i hear news about like the new star wars thing like we're gonna do star wars but it's this or like how they're making ip out of every, like just scrolling through the news feed we use to like find what news we're gonna talk about i saw guillermo del toro talking about a script he had done, and, like, this was in the past, but, like, he had made a script about the rise and fall of Jabba the Hutt. And there yeah, was another, I mean, at there was different points, thing, like, Guillermo del Toro has been rumored to be, att- has been attached to every project at Hollywood at some yeah. point. Fair, but, like, it's it's a pattern I'm starting to see. So there was that, sure. there was, they were saying, like, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas would be, would a, a prequel for that would be great to see how Jack Skellington, like, no! I don't give a shit. Why is, why is, what is this obsession yeah. with, God, I gotta know how these characters <laughs> got here. Like, no one cares. It, it really is like, it's just like the, the hyper-realization of the, where did the character get their leather jacket, like, thing. You know it's what I mean? Surf like, Dracula. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna mention this. Surf but, but with the, the Marvel TV production side. Uh, they're doing a complete rehaul of how they do TV now. This is the other news from this week, I suppose, um, where because of the, the whole writer strike thing and, and now that's been resolved, they have to follow the rules now. So they're going to have showrunners. They're going to have, like, they're going to make pilots. They're going to have like, writer's pilot rooms. Season. They're going to have writer's yeah. rooms. And they're going to, like, like, the thing about pilots is they're going to make a pilot and have a, a, a script for, like, the whole, before they film it. It's not going to be this fix it in post attitude because several times they've come across series that just do not work secret invasion i didn't even bother seeing that one i did not Uh, see that one but i think it's safe to assume it didn't work i think i don't think either of us had to see it to know that yeah and then daredevil also interestingly um there was the there's news been released recently that um uh they had filmed like maybe all of it and it was so I don't know bad if they filmed that, all of it, but they'd they filmed, filmed like, a, a good lot. Yeah. yeah, so that they had like more or less like constructed enough episodes such that they just canned it. Like they're gonna make, they're gonna start over because it is so bad. And with the Surf Dracula thing, 
I, the, the, the Twitter, the tweet that I'm referring to just says that in the 60s or like the 70s, if there was a thing called Surf Dracula, a show, every yeah. week you would see Surf Dracula surfing and fighting crime and, and doing like Dracula. shenanigans, being Surf Dracula. Yeah. And now the modern version of that is is a Dracula and you got to show how he got his surf board <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't use it until like the last episode the last five minutes yeah. that was that was daredevil season one of netflix so it's it's pervasive right but daredevil season one of netflix the difference is is good in fact it's very uh, yes, good yes yes and like so, so i don't mind like if you have a really strong serialized story that you want to tell and it happens to be an origin story i don't necessarily mind that what i don't like is this like, I'm split on this Dr- Surf Dracula tweet, on <laughs> Surf Dracula discourse, uh, what am I say? Because I'm a big proponent of an episodic television format, and I find myself increasingly frustrated that with this attitude that, like, though that's lesser than, like, it's not as good of a show if it's not this serialized, sprawling, eight-episode event instead of, like... I, I, I think that's a dumb attitude. And I think it's actually, like, ruined show. Like, like Doctor Who, for example, moving towards more serialized, like, ruined that show. But that that's an aside point. Um, but then I'm also... Yeah, then, then I'm split on the other side, though, where it's, like... At the same time, I don't mind a show, like, taking its time and building. As yeah. long as, like, I think, for me, like, the problem is just like have a good idea and not just try to force something to either ride a trend and just pump or pump content out. Yeah. And I mean, like even with the, the daredevil, daredevil thing, although I did say like, he doesn't get a suit into the last five minutes of Epa, the last, you see him doing one. daredevil stuff from the beginning. Like, yeah. Maybe. Sure. I don't know if it's the first five minutes, but like the first episode has significant daredevil action. Yeah. The hallway, awesome. The hallway fights in like the first or second episode from the first. The first, first episode I know is the the docks when they're at the right, with the right, freight, yeah, yeah, the freight cars or whatever. Um, that's a great action scene. Yeah, and it's right out the gate. You don't have to wait for that. And in the Marvel one, the rumor was that uh, he wasn't going to put on the costume or do any crime fighting until episode four. That's yeah. insane. That and so insane. it was. It was also going to be more of like a law procedural thing. And I'm just like, this is She-Hulk. That's what She-Hulk did, and it worked yeah. for that. Like, I think that is what it's supposed to be in a way, but anyways. I also don't so. get why they don't just, like, it sounds, they're trying to make, like, a a dark, serious, serialized show that's m- very much about him being, like, a lawyer. So it sounds like you're trying to make season four of the show that yeah. already exists. So why don't you do that? I just, I don't it's understand. A, yeah, I, it, it in in spirit it's supposed to be a season four but they just don't want to be beholden to the yeah. netflix thing that they've created they want to make it sure. marvel's own disney's marvel's own you know kevin Vaggy wants his little muggy fingerprints on it but sure. you know uh like so I, I understand from a business perspective but i completely agree like yeah. that's all everybody wants they're keeping most of the cast the same it just seems yeah. silly that we're doing this um but yeah so a24 is now doing IP, who knows what IP. I think they were looking to buy some horror franchises, so, like, that's at least something. Like, at least it's, yeah. like, kind of, like, a genre film. I just hope, then... like, I don't know. I just, I hope that, because I don't know what they'd buy. Like, if they could do something that's, like, super niche, because I'm, I'm obviously not against, like, remaking horror, because a horror is something that 
given different cultural context over time can be really interesting to change like like the thing is a remake the john carpenter mm-hmm. thing is a remake invasion body of the snatchers. body snatchers is a remake there's the blob remake like there are a lot of great remakes for sure um and i've heard that even the like 2011 the thing is actually good too but i haven't seen it mm. um i think but any, i'd just be curious as to what they do it's my i think my concern is like the franchising instead of yeah it's it's taking too big of a step instead of being like oh we're just gonna do a reboot like that's kind of a one thing and like we're gonna do a reboot means um we're gonna do the cultural context thing but like when you say franchise it comes with a lot of like pre-packaged this is the plan and if even one thing doesn't work the rest of it doesn't work but you're kind of committed uh so i good luck is all i'll say and maybe maybe we just shouldn't make bad movies that cost a lot of money maybe that (laughs) is so basically ari aster you're a fuck just kidding you're a fuck (laughs) like okay on the other side yeah i i want to make it clear i don't actually have a a moral or personal problem with Ari Aster. I don't personally like his films that much, but I think it's very good that there's a director who is clearly making films with like a solitary vision. And like, I I think they should be allowed to fail just to be clear. Like, and that shouldn't mean the death of, of uh, independent original films. I agree. I'll say, yeah, that although, although I do, Although we both hate Boas Afraid and we think it is a complete waste of money, the fact that he was able to do that for, like, in the career that also we are interested in, like, that's amazing. The fact that yeah. he was given that much money to make his vision come true. And so, I, I, as much as I don't want that to go away, I think, I don't know, it, it is hard to balance the art and the, uh, the business. But uh, we watched some trailers and we are going did. to talk about those now instead. <laughs> That's that us pulling up to the trailer park for park. new uh, for new yes. uh, listeners. So our favorite weirdo, Nathan Fielder, has yeah. a new show, and now we've got the full trailer. We saw the teaser a bit ago. Yep. Now we've got the full trailer for The Curse. This is the uh, HGTV type, uh, almost like like it feels like a docu. Mm, it doesn't it feel has, like a documentary. It's it has documentary elements so. in it. It's in it, but like the camera yeah. is kind of isolated. Anyway, yeah. so there it's a. It's a fake HGTV kind of show where a couple is trying to like gentrify a neighborhood essentially, uh, and they get cursed. When yeah. when the kid says "I curse you," <laughs> yeah. just so straightforward. That's yeah, so that's so that funny. Very funny. I also think it seems like the idea is that it the curse might not even be a real. Like, it yeah. might not be, like, a mystical thing, but just, like, an obs- like it becomes an obsession, and it, 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 even though it's not, like, a real witch put a magical curse on them, like, it, it's essentially the same thing, because they, like, come to believe it, and I think that's, either way, I think that's a fun idea. I thought it was also very funny when he was like, yeah, we, we make houses that reflect the community, and it's this giant, like, brutalist, like, mirror wall It's a house. mirror house, so yeah. it reflects the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very literal take on that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's uh, got Emma Stone in it as well and Benny Safdie, so uh, yeah. it should be quite interesting. Uh, it also reminds me a lot of this movie that we watched today. Uh, just like yeah, husband so. and it wife does, in the sure. same field, and then they start going crazy because uh, somebody yeah. did something. Anyway, Dude, uh, yeah, we'll get into it, but in, yeah. in this movie, there's certain... Never mind, we'll get into it. We, yeah. 
Uh, and then the other thing we watched, uh, the trailer, is called The Iron Claw. This is about a wrestling, a true story about a wrestling family uh, from, it seemed like the 70s, but I don't have actual accurate information on that. Uh, stars Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, the bear himself. Mm. It stars Burr. the guy, yep, yeah, stars the guy from Mindhunter, uh, not Jonathan Groff, his partner. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, is it Shailene Woodley, I think, is her name? I'm pretty sure that was... No, it's the uh, actress in Baby Driver. and oh, what's Yeah, what's her name? Her name? Uh, shoot. Shoot. Lily Fuck. James. Lily James. Sorry. Oh, and Harris Dickinson. I didn't even recognize him. Uh, but yeah, it's got a pretty good cast. Uh, and this is released by none other than A24, who is... Yeah. Uh, been mentioned a lot in this episode already but i i think this looks fun i think this will be a fun movie i think it looks fun i don't think it looks great though yeah. i uh i'm not that excited for it i don't think it'll blow anyone away but i think it'll be like a fun like i'm going to see the movies about yeah. this wrestler family and yeah. it, like it looks like a fun time it looks like it's filmed well so mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited to watch that uh but we watched a movie today some of us both of us, yesterday. Uh, yeah. Uh, last minute. So what did we watch, Aiden, and can you tell me about it? Yeah, we watched a little movie released by Netflix called uh, Fair Play. And you better believe this time I actually do have the Wikipedia article up, locked and loaded. I uh, So it. it was written and directed by Chloe DeMont. Uh, it was starring Phoebe Never <laughs> Alden Ehrenreich. Wow, this is a, this is a crazy day. For I think it's Denver or something. Denver? That seems oh, right. Sorry. I'm like Guinevere. Like oh, it's like royalty. It's like British. It's like British. Uh, I might come Eddie, up again. <laughs> Eddie Marzen and Richie, Rich Summer. Um, cinematography by Menno Mans. Uh, it was distributed by Netflix and it was originally released uh, at Sundance on January 20th, 2023. Released September 29th, 2023 on Netflix. It has a runtime of 113 minutes. As a side note, that's too long for this film. Uh, <laughs> but that is its runtime. And I have I have no information about budget or returns because Netflix obfuscates such information. Because streaming isn't real. It's yeah. all in your head. You're sitting and watching the TV and it's black and your imagination is the TV. Anyways... Thank you for that. We have a game that we play now. It is called Predacritic. Uh, there is a website on the internet called Metacritic. Uh, maybe you're starting to see the connection here. Yeah. We guess the Metacritic score of this movie. And I have spun the wheel in advance. I came quite prepared. And Aiden, you did get landed on first. Oh, so you are going to guess first what is the Metacritic score of this movie. Um... I think that this is going to be kind of a middle of the pack, and I don't mean 50s, I mean like like kind of a B, like a B or a C mm. kind of range, I guess. Metacritic uses numbers for the guests who don't right, know. Right, but I'm just, I, no, I do know that. Um, I almost want to guess a straight up 70. Mm. And that's like, I feel, that is where I Okay, I feel really good about like, anything in the 60s so i'll i'll play the game i'll play it safe and go 69 Mm. uh everyone's favorite number uh Uh, Uh. Uh, well i guess i was a little bit lower on it than other people it did in fact get a 74 uh yeah i had a feeling people might like it i'm a little surprised by that but sure 
I'm a little surprised. By it too. I just <laughs> what well, to be. Fair, I mean, we'll get into it. This movie has yeah. clear strengths. To be clear, but yeah, like what, what, clear what, strengths what, to be clear. You yeah, actually be, can pop off though because as I the actually winner, can. sure, you get to tell us your non-spoiler review first. Yeah, I can talk about this movie. Okay, uh, which is what that's the reason we're here. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this movie, I think in some ways makes some very good cultural critiques revolving around sexism uh, and particularly uh, the link between like private life and public life. I think that there are actually some interesting points made there. I think it talks about how it almost treats gender like an office to be held. And I think that it starts to examine that a little bit. And I think that that gets interesting but doesn't go all the way and i would say that that's a broad critique of this movie i have where in the beginning i felt like it was going to analyze these things a little bit better these kind of social structures and and whatnot uh and i don't think it ever really i don't think it winds up making a great point i think that like it's clearly making points about power dynamics but i think that there's a lot of things that are kind of thrown out but are just left to kind of simmer uh i also think that this movie is too long like i said like i think that and i think that's a product of it it escalates very quickly like the conflict between the two characters and then it's like i remember pausing it and being like I, there's over an hour left like <laughs> what is going to happen for the rest of this movie you've gotten me to a high point already um but that being said it's also i think they're really good leading performances i think it's very tense and i think that that's good like i think you feel you feel that tension the entire time you're watching this movie. That's clearly what it's going for, and I think that's good. Um, but then I also think, like, there's too much of just something big happens, and then we see a character just, like, staring in space. And it just, like, like that, hap- that happens so many times. And there's so many times where it's I was like, okay, I've seen this shot before. Like, I've seen this. Uh, I also think it kind of goes off the rails towards the end. Like, there's some things that I think are good that that are are interesting that happen towards the end but i think that overall it kind of loses its sight of itself i think that there's one particular subplot that's very unnecessary too uh i think the filming at some points there's some really interesting visual directing i think generally though it's just kind of whatever um yeah so to me this is like three three and a half stars probably leaning towards three i might recommend this to people though i do think that I think depending on what you want from a movie, you might actually like this. So I don't think you'll walk away from this being like, oh, fuck that. But uh, it yeah. wasn't the greatest movie. Yeah, I think we're just going to be in agreement today. So uh, I'll say that um, what I was hoping to get out of this movie, I was you know, I was excited for this. This is actually just the second uh, quote-unquote erotic thriller that oh, yeah, has yeah. let me down this year. Sanctuary uh, being the other one. Yeah, just erotic thrillers that are not particularly erotic it was not thrilling. very erotic or thrilling no, yeah, or true. thrilling so <laughs> this, is, this seems to be the problem i'm having uh let's see i there's a problem with um with causality and like me being able to follow along those are kind of two separate issues mm. but the movie just kind of like meanders along and i'm and i'm wondering where's the cause and effects it it doesn't feel concise like like you were saying it's too long it's it's quite bloated and i feel like if they had gotten to the point, it would have actually felt more tense. Like I think yeah. shortening it would have solved a lot of the problems, making it more yeah. thrilling. I also just think a lot of the choices they made uh, in the middle were very safe and 
Yeah. yeah, like not a lot of big steps are being taken, especially in terms of like the character like relationship dynamic. There's a lot of sameness in the in the main conflict. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and especially like just because of circumstances in my viewing experience, I had to stop and then start again, and so it's like that kind of made it worse. But I was very like, what's happened? And like I feel like I've seen this already. Uh, I did not just rewatch some of the same bits, but you know. Uh, it felt like that anyways. I think, um, what else? I think some of the commentary is okay. Uh, I do think a lot of it is kind of like we know almost, or like yeah. like it, it doesn't really... It can dig... be somewhat on the nose it's and kind of not shallow. going much beyond that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think also a problem it has is being quite upfront with it. I think it's... It, well, we don't have to spoil this. It's It's a lot about like toxic masculinity and um uh women in male dominated fields and i just feel like it's it's so on the nose with with the the toxic masculinity of it all and i i would have preferred yeah. subtlety uh what else yeah i think the filmmaking is is just fine like it's not stellar i i think the shots are are fine but i think the editing also undercuts a lot of what could have been really nicely filmed yeah. bits uh, film scenes uh, I think Alden Ehrenreich is is doing some really good work in this um, I'm not so sure about uh, Phoebe Denever I she's either maybe miscast I'm not sure but yeah it's uh it was just all right I I didn't love it so I, I think I think I agree with you it's about a three I'm not going to recommend people go see this it's I just didn't like it enough to, to warrant that so That's fair. Uh, yeah but uh, seeing as I lost that Metacritic game, I do have to. <laughs> yeah, it do be like that sometimes. Uh, so I have two minutes to do so, and uh, yes, this, this is, is one where sometimes this is we're going back to the classic thing where not a lot happens. Not so. a lot happens, but also I don't know because it doesn't like cause and effect anything. Yeah. I don't remember what happened in the middle. Yes, yeah. I'll probably skip over most of it and just cut to the end. Which is what the movie should have done. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one. So, uh, there, the uh, uh, Alden Ehrenreich and Phoebe are at a wedding, his brother's wedding, and they have sex in the bathroom, and the ring falls out of his pocket, and he just proposes there, and they're going to get married. But they work at a hedge fund, and the policy is no relationships, so it's been secret. They've been secret for two years dating. They can't do that. Uh there's someone is fired a project manager no it's a pm portfolio manager and they're fired and so someone's going to get the job uh phoebe hears a rumor that alden is going to get it uh that turns out to be false but she they both believe it and she's happy for him she gets a call in the middle of the night by their boss he offers him offers her the job and he's like oh i'm so happy for you uh and obviously he's so mad he starts going into like a self-help guru kind of guy who's like assert yourself uh they do a bunch of business in the middle business 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 uh and he screws up sometimes and she makes some successes she starts going like into the men kind of group she gets like sort of accepted but they're not really but she like goes to a strip club to be like yeah i'm one of the boys uh and i do drugs and pills and he gets mad that she's drinking um she keeps trying to have sex with him but he says no and then they don't uh and then there's a an engagement party that her mom's gonna throw and like she's being very forceful about it they go to the engagement party i think there's some other stuff he starts drinking alden ehrenreich 
and yeah. he tries to beg for his job for the job. He doesn't get it. Then he starts drinking. Then he gets fired because he does a huge outburst in the conference room, embarrassing Phoebe. Then he goes to the engagement party, uh, and then she goes to the engagement party, even though it's obvious they're going to break up. And there's a whole thing. She smacks a bottle across his face. He does rape her. Quite unfortunate. And then um, he's at her apartment. He's moving out. He's quite, like, casual about it. And she's like, no, fuck you. And she, like, stabs him and makes him beg for mercy. And then she drops a knife. The end. True. He does drop that knife. She does drop that knife. I'd say it's more of a slash than a stab. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I'd say. It's a light graze. (laughs) More of a paper cut, really. Right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, our our discussion starts with uh, what was your favorite part? My favorite part. Hmm. I do have one. I have like I, I have a little okay. moment right off the bat. Actually, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was a moment of visual direction that. Oh, okay. Actually, there. This is kind of. It's kind of a, a broad visual direction thing that just happens a couple times. So like, there are a few times where they do this really slow push in or zoom. And it's, like, the character... specifically thinking of one where I think it's when Phoebe's on the phone, like, trying to call uh, Alden. I don't remember what the context was, though. Because uh, too much of this movie is the same. But, um, but like, she's kind of walking in and out of frame. And it's this idea of, like, the camera's pushing, like, regardless of what she does. And it's mm. this idea of, like... Like, there's this ominous feeling that's approaching that she can't control, that is whether or not, no matter where she goes, it's always seeming to come back, and I think that's interesting. Uh, and then there's there's a few other visual things that I like. Um, this is a little on the nose, too, but I like that it, the movie starts out, and they're very, like, intimate with each other. They're very, um, like, they seem to go well together, and they seem to have, like, a very kind of, like, uh, like... Uh, like intimate relationship i don't know why i'm looking mm-hmm. for another word um but then they like step out of their apartment like into the public world and they're now in business attire yes. and they're just on their phones and they're just which is a little like i don't know if i need them to be on their like literally like texting as they walk yeah. but like uh it is it's interesting though and i like it's like a nice high angle as well yeah, I like that. um and I, I like that shot they repeat that shot a few times and i i think it's i don't i'm not saying that as a criticism though i think it's a good shot um, and then they kind of split ways. And I think that that was like, there's some moments of that where it's, it doesn't comment too hard upon what it's trying to say. And I think particularly the public private life thing is an example of something they don't comment too hard on and it winds up making it stronger because they don't bring it too much to the surface. Yeah, no, I really liked that was, that, I think that was still during the time when I was like, this movie might be fine. Uh, yeah, and I and I did like the yeah. I think I think the first twenty minutes of this or so of this movie, I was like, okay. There were sure. some bits I will say. Yeah, like I was like, that's weird. Yeah. First of all, she like I'm not gonna be here saying like I'm a professor or like super knowledgeable on this matter, but like, how did she not know that she was on her period? <laughs> that's kind of like a weird like maybe maybe sure. not. Uh, and then also. The ring was loose in his pocket. Yeah, that is <laughs> like yeah. two things in the same scene. I was yeah. like, "What is going on?" Uh, like, like if one happened, I'd forgive it, but like sure. two kind of like unexplained things is weird. Uh, I'll say one of my favorite parts. Um, I don't think I would have said this until I I rewatched the beginning just to refresh myself. Just certain scenes, and there's the scene where the guy 
is fired, the first guy's fired, um, that opens up the position for either Alden or Phoebe. And it's done while everyone is in the conference room watching, like, uh, an HR PowerPoint. And I thought that was just, like, kind of, like, stupid the first time. I was like, oh, whatever. It's, it's like, I get what you're doing. It's, like, fine. But then rewatching it, I did get a bit of a laugh out of it. Like, it's, like, uh, like uh, what's the word? Non, like, royalty-free, 80s kind of synthy like, da-na-na-na, do-do-do-do-do. And the, what it's saying is also matching what is going on, which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah. also, like, it's matching, but also very understated. So he's like, fuck you, fuck, 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 fuck. The guy in the office. Meanwhile, the thing is like, Bob works for Kevin. Bob is mad at Kevin. <laughs> and, like, it's just like, it's saying it, but it's so under-exaggerated. Uh, the, the comparison is very funny to me. Um, speaking of dialogue... <laughs> Uh, this movie has lots of it. And, it does have lots of dialogue. Uh, I'll say it's very like, hmm, business, business, business. Stuck, yeah. suck, 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 stocks. And I was like, this is this there is some, made up. I literally, I almost, I didn't write it down, but I had the thought. I was like, man, if I just knew more about this job, that I would <laughs> be critiquing this dialogue more. But the movie yeah. did get me. The movie wins because I don't know very much about the job, so I can't. I can't say whether or not that's accurate. But the, I think the issue is it seems like the scriptwriter also didn't know a lot about this <laughs> that, It job. does seem like That's that, a problem. Yeah. Uh, it seems like I they're just, trying too hard to, like, say all the right things and remind yes. you that they're analysts and that they're, yeah. doing, they're doing the stock market. That's what's going yeah. on here. They're like... Sonic was down fifteen percent, but last quarter the da 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 da. Yeah, but like, that, but that, but I short I shorted it last quarter and my revenue was forty million on the returns and I'm blah, blah, blah. yeah. <laughs> they talk about it's, shorting like five times in the movie. Yeah, and like it's, part of me part of me wonders like is it just because of like the GameStop thing like is shorting like mm. just because like I don't know that that's maybe dumb but whatever. we should have watched Dumb Money. We should we should not have. We should not. Have. <laughs> no, I think we should have. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I'll say about the script is it's very scripty mm. uh, by which i mean this is this is a problem for like people who have not got a lot of writing experience or if they're just bad both both cases um so what happens is instead of writing dialogue that actually sounds like something a human would say the focus is more on kind of like flowery like literature type writing that just does not sound natural coming out of humans mouths and so there's there's a couple instances where someone would make like a really astute metaphor in the moment in like the heat of an argument yeah and they say it like without thinking like coming up with it and it's it makes too much sense given the circumstances and they'll go into like long monologues and i'm like this is that's not how people talk especially people like in a relationship when they're arguing people actually sound like less sense when they're in an argument with a, like an intimate part like it gets like really random i'd yeah. say so like it was and I, I would say that that's actually emblematic of like a broader problem in this movie where like you can do like very flowery almost theatrical dialogue you can do it fine i think it just has to match the movie and the style and i think that most of the time this movie's trying to go for kind of like a very grounded realistic style and then there are moments where either a character says something or they do something where it's like, okay, we've departed from, like, yeah. a grounded story. Like, this is not 
this is not real anymore. Like, particularly, like, when she looks at the knife at the end on the floor, I was like, that is a different movie. We're in a different, yeah. we're, we're now in a different movie because th- there's no hint that that's where this is going. I think that the, like, the rape is, like, that's a an example of a brutal thing that feels in line with what the movie is doing. Mm-hmm. I also think the escalation of that is weird, but I think that's just because, like, the escalation is not good in the movie. But, like, the stabbing thing is, like, this is not... Because I get it. It's like she... It's like a reversal of, of a gender power dynamic, and she just wants him to... Like, she, like she wants to... This guy who needed power over her so badly who is supposed to love her and she wants to like relegate him and i think that's good but like you don't need to do that in the most obvious in your face way which is like she picks up a knife and like threatens to stab him like what like how how else could she pick him apart you know what i mean and i feel like you can construct what is mechanically the same scene but is just a lot more astute and well-balanced and subtle and makes better points i yeah i think two things first i'll say like it's it's very clearly like the culmination of the arc they've set up for her so like i i too understand why they put it in there like it's it's the phallic symbol of the knife he's on his knees it's very like suggestive i suppose but it does feel like okay now now she's stabbing him like it does yeah it's quite a leap to go to and I would say even, like, as a suggestion, like, making it more, I don't know, erotic would be yeah. a good idea. Like, yeah. if it was more about, like, I don't know, I don't want to get weird on this pod, but, like, do something that's sure. kind of, like, demeaning. I don't know. But then it kind of get, like it gets into, like, the rape territory. And when you've already kind of addressed that as a very bad thing, rightly so, like, I... I feel like there's complications there. Like you can't sure. then have the the female character do something that is similar. You know? Yeah, I can actually mention though. I actually think a problem with this movie is that they don't let her do bad things too much. Like I think she a little should, bit. Yes, I think the movie she does a little bit, but it never veers too far into it. Like I feel like the point this movie's trying to make is like I was saying in my non spoiler review is that in a sense, like, gender is, like, an office that you hold, and it intersects with class and wealth, and so they're in this place of, in a sense, like, the workplace is a place of exaggerated masculinity, where rising up in the workplace is in tandem with your amount of masculinity, or the, like, the, the degree of your masculinity, and so I think, like, the movie in some places is trying to understand or trying to examine how when she takes up that office, how these ideas of like dominance and like a hyper focus on competence and and power, like how those could affect her and how maybe like I'm not saying she needs to just get there and act exactly like all the men. I actually think it would be more interesting if if there's some difference in here, if like if but I think that she doesn't do enough of like really bad things. I think there's sometimes where she does do a bad thing, but it just kind of veers off of it. Um, like, you know, like she'll, she does come home and she's like being like pretty like sexually aggressive to, to her yeah. boyfriend. Like, and that's, and I, I say like, that's good just in that 
that's like an interesting examination or there's potential there for an interesting examination. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they ever take that to a point beyond like, again, like the most obvious thing you might think of it. Like what, like what other details, how might this manifest itself? Um, Yeah. And I just think like if the movie was a little more, if the movie was a little more brave, I think that it would let her do bad things more. I agree. I think it's it's kind of the classic problem of having a flawed protagonist, but also wanting to have a likable protagonist, and it's yeah. very hard to do both. And yeah, so it's it's when she is being sexually aggressive, that's like getting into like rape territory. But I they they do pull back, and it's I don't I don't know if that's right for the script in the script sense, like. It's tough. I yeah. don't. I don't know what yeah, you want not, from that, but like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I recommend that she. No, him. right. Like it's like. Yeah. But like, I just think that there are other ways. Like, how does their how does the dynamic of their house change other than just she comes home and wants to have sex and he's sad, and that's like what yeah. a lot of this movie is, mm-hmm. and it's. I just feel like you can do a lot more than that. And they play that same beat twice. She comes yes. home drunk, and but like. Like, you can play beats twice, but there has to be something different. And it's the same yeah. beat twice. And the um, reaction and the fallout is the same. It's the same, both. yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of deja vu in the middle. Uh, I'll also say that, like, agreeing with you, in she's not wrong enough of the time. Also, he is not right. He's not right, yeah. Ever. He is clearly a... Pe- like, other than the very beginning, when you get a hint that there might be something good in there, he's just a pouty, jealous bastard who has, like, not an ounce of decency mm-hmm. for, like, the entire movie. It's like, this is a way more interesting movie. And I think you can you can still say that he's just a really bad guy, and you can... I think, like, you can make it so that he's faking the good parts, but make him yeah. fake good parts. He doesn't even mm-hmm. try to fake it. He's just bad. He's just a bad dude from like for the vast majority yeah. of this movie. And also like like he's like in terms of like morally right, he's not morally right particularly often. He's also just like factually wrong about yeah. almost everything. And he's like he what really annoys me is the fact that like what's what makes a compelling antagonist is when they make good points. And the fact that everything he says turns out to be wrong, like he's just yeah. in his head about it, is is taking away from the points of the movie. He's trying to be like the the side of the patriarchy. That's what he represents, really. Like in a grand sense, he is the patriarchy that is uh, imposing itself on uh, Phoebe's character. But um, the fact that he's always wrong makes it kind of like uh, like a mute point. Like it's. If if he's wrong, then like then there is no like I don't know. Well, if I think that works. I don't know if this is what yeah. you're saying, but I think it ties into there are some lines that I think are good where he says like, "Oh, what? Like you you want to be part of like the boys' club? Like you think you're one of the boys now?" And it's like mm, that's I think true. that yeah, again and like that I think that's the kind of line that is good actually because yes. it's like yes. the reason he's saying it is because he's petty and insecure. And because he wants to control her, but there's also a truth in what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I think that there needs to be more of that. Where it's like, I I feel like these characters don't intimately know each other as well. Where it's like, mm. I feel like a big part of this should be that they know each other so intimately that they can tear each other down, 
and they yeah, don't yeah. they don't like dig in like that whereas like if he was able to be really incisive and like pierce and be like i know why you're doing this and you can mm-hmm. still portray him as the antagonist her as the protagonist because he's still clearly acting off of like malintent in that situation and he's still clearly like craving this craving power over her but yeah i did sorry you go yeah I, just adding on like all the things like he says so many things that are just not true he says like when he's yelling at the boss he's like all your employees hate you not true he says yeah. um he only wants to he only wants to have sex with you i think i'm okay with that being something he thinks but that is not true um he talks about like you can only kick a dog so many times before he starts oh, barking back and oh, i'm like I hated that scene what yeah. When did you, like, did not interact with this man? Like, maybe yes. maybe that's part of it. Like, being, like, so delusional that yeah. you are, like, well, having, like a, like, a parasocial relationship with someone. Like, it yeah. only goes one way, but... It is, it is that. It's like, he, repre- he represents, like, the man, the, the, ty- the idol of masculinity that he wants to be. But it's also, like, the point this movie is trying to make, I'm pretty confident, is it's called Fair Play, and it's about playing this, like, game. They mentioned, mm-hmm. they talk about that a few times, and how, like, I think, like, and it, it ha- it's coming from a standpoint that I think I agree with, if, I, if I'm reading it correctly, which is that some people might suggest that the way to, like, create gender equality is to just make it so that, like, women can play the game better, but the reality is that the game is just bad. Like the game yeah. is really shitty and is always going to lead to exploitation. And I think that's the point it's trying to make. Cause I think like, that's like his big outburst towards the boss. I think you're supposed to kind of be like, yeah, he's right. But this guy's such a pathetic wet dog that it's like, and, mm-hmm. and you also don't trust anything he says. Like, exactly, I just, because he's I, always wrong. Because he's always he's wrong. constantly and, wrong. And you don't trust that he believes it, even. You don't trust that mm. that's actually his motive. And, yeah. like, it should be. Like, and I think that, yeah, I think that if you're going to do that, we need to see him. I think this movie's better, actually, as well, if he is genuinely, if he was genuinely in the running to get that job. At yeah. some point in the movie, that makes this much better. Because, like, like, then he interacts with that boss more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, big issue, like, I don't think he ever makes a real, like, good sale. Like, I I can't remember. He makes two failures, and maybe that's it in the movie. And I'm like, so he's just... There's reference to him doing well in the past. Well, in the past, he's really bad at his job, and you were expecting me. He was going to get the job. Like, so that's weird. I also think the boss is a really bland character. Yes. Like, you think, like, the... As much as, like, Alden Ehrenreich is representing the patriarchy, the boss should be, like... Yeah. Even more so as, like, someone who is in charge of both of them and how, like, leadership positions and hierarchy, like, how it changes it and how you feel dominated by the hierarchy. But, like, he's just... He's almost just, like, a regular dude... (laughs) <laughs> he like he, I don't think he's good. He says mean bad things, but like he's almost sympathetic sometimes because <laughs> he's acting incredibly rationally the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like there are definitely moments where it's starting to make a po- point of like yeah, if masculinity is based on power, then he has more of it and he in this sense within this game is more masculine. And I think that like like when he calls her a bitch 
it's like he oh, does, okay right. like she like she holds this office but like gender is a tool that can be used to like to denigrate her and bring her away from it and remind her that her position is perhaps more precarious because of her gender um and so like i think that and then there's the very on the nose thing at the end where he's like accountability doesn't matter yeah it's like yeah what like like because what that leads me to believe is that this guy's on twitter like because that's Mm. the only reason i think he'd say that is because he like he sees tweets about like accountability and stuff like that and it's like no he wouldn't be he just straight up wouldn't give a shit i don't think he even like he wouldn't be tapped into it at all he wouldn't care yeah, that's one of those, like, mustache-twirling evil villains of the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hmm, accountability? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Don't care, you know? Uh, it's just, I'd say a lot of the the themes in this are just exaggerated to such an extent that they feel cartoonish instead of, yeah. like, and it's, I think, I think a big thing for me, I noticed with one particular line, it's when, I think his name is Rory, it's very, like, it's it's kind of minor in the beginning, but when we're first in the office, he's talking to the guy who's about to get fired, and we're seeing, it's it's a shot, it's a reaction shot of Phoebe in the foreground, and they're talking in the background, just boys talking boy stuff, and yeah. he's like, yeah, what is it about the blonde? And he's like, I yeah. can't tell if I'm attracted to her or repulsed by her. Who cares? It's one night. Yeah. Like that's almost how they're talking. That's and it's also so, another like down your throat yes like toxic masculinity that it just feels it feels cartoonish it feels like a caricature and i think that sort of thing like it might even happen but it's the fact that instead of being subtle and i think it needs to be more like window dressing like that sort of like toxic masculinity needs to be more like played off like as normal instead of like the camera treats it like wow isn't that such a crazy thing he's saying right now it's also like yeah i have have a few things to say about that as well it's also like that's not the only way that toxic masculinity manifests itself in just like guys being guys being talking in a sexist way like that's not yeah and like again so the other thing i have to say is that beat happens three or four other times Mm -hmm. in the movie where she is sitting somewhere and it's her in the foreground and guys in the background and they're just talking like cartoon characters uh and then the other thing i have to say is that her character doesn't make sense because she should be used to that and that sounds bad to say but it's like she that should not be surprising to her if she's like worked her way up in this world i think her character her character should already actually have some of those traits I think that, mm-hmm. like, she should kind of, in some ways, align with the guys in her office, like, mentally, because I don't believe she'd get to this position if she didn't. And that's an interesting analysis of, like, how, why would she adopt this mentality, and how does that affect her, how does it manifest itself differently in her, like, again, I'm not saying I want her to be like, oh, yeah, these blondes, like, I just mean, <laughs> like, she yeah. she feels like she isn't within that world. Yeah. Um, I'd also say, like, like in the sense that the dialogue is very superficial, just, like, I feel like the movie's idea of what the idea of, like, toxic masculinity, the patriarchy, it's, it's all very superficial. Like, her, the idea of her going on a journey of becoming more masculine to be more accepted is going to a strip club. Like, yeah. it feels, it all feels extremely, like, 2010, but kind then- of, like post-recession maybe it's still the same but like this feels like a movie from a decade ago 
It does. And also, she doesn't do anything there. We get, like, no. a hint. Like, she just, like, drinks and throws some money at a stripper. And, and she's it's like, like, come here, again, pretty lady. <laughs> if she did something really... If she did something bad... Like, yeah. and if she if she cheated... Like, and I don't know... I, don't, I think that's... At that point in the movie, that would have been a dumb thing to happen. Because it would have mm-hmm. been, like... Well, we'll get into it. But the way the plot escalates is silly. But, like... It's silly. Or... Or... I think it also could have played out in such a way where it's like we see her we see exactly what she did do at the strip club and it wasn't anything crazy but the way the coworkers talk about it drives Alden insane and we sort of get that beat but we didn't see what she did so it's like for yeah. all we know she did do something like like they're just like oh she's a freak and it's like well we don't <laughs> it just, the scene just cut so we actually don't know what happened here like yeah i i almost like that beat only because the idea that she's trying so hard to be accepted and I felt in like watching that previous scene the the strip club scene that it came off as very forced and that's the point is like she's putting on like these this air of of masculinity and you can see right through it and I really like that the co-workers like just see right through it they they are with the audience in that and they're just like man they're just they're like she's weird she's yeah. like she's a freak she's like spending all that money like even we don't do that like she's clearly oh no i don't think it. that's what they meant by it though i don't oh. think they meant freak in that sense i think they meant like oh she's they did say they did say she was like she spent six thousand dollars so like yeah maybe not quite all the way but on I, that side of the spectrum i saw it as like a congratulatory sort of thing though that they, mm. that they they're saying it in that sense i'd say if it was congratulatory they would have had they would have been talking to her and been like man you were so crazy last night as opposed to talking behind her back like it gave the sense but to I, me that no, it wasn't I mean, it wasn't a positive thing i i didn't see it that way but just i mean i just agree to disagree i guess but i mean yeah. i have another thing to say about the strip club beat which is that i uh, i have a point here that says characters you're either one thing or the other and they're what never two things at the same time yeah uh, and so th- an example of that is when she first hears this very horrible story of like a hazing ritual oh my, at a yeah. frat club in which uh, the, the, in the story, a new, ho- a new member, freshman member of the hockey team of this university accidentally has sex with his sister. And she first hears this in the strip club and is rightfully repulsed while all of her male coworkers are laughing. Then she comes home and unabashedly without a hint of thinking that without a hint of who she was just one scene ago repeats the story to her boyfriend as if it's very funny and look to be clear i understand i get it where it's like she's trying to be one of them and she's trying to fit in and it's like like she has that fuck it scene where she's like oh fuck it like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a guy in the strip club and i i get it but like I don't believe she would just swivel like that, at least without something else happening in between. And I think, like, there's no, like, rise to her doing these things. She just is, she is, like, repulsed by what's happening, and then she's embracing it. Uh, I think the same thing is true about him, where it's, like, he's just a pouty asshole who doesn't care about her. And then there's, like, one scene where he seems, where it's like, okay, does he actually, he does have, like, some sort of genuine feeling towards her, and then not... Like, there's no hint of it for the rest of the movie. Yeah, the way she, like, completely changes her views on that story is really, like, it just takes you out of it, of, like, it feels, um, it shows the the artifice of it almost, where it takes you out, it's like, 
it's so unrealistic that you yeah. cannot believe that. And it it's so clear anymore. what they're doing yes. that it's like it. It's so clear what they're doing that it makes you aware it's a film. Yeah, like, and it's, it's, I'd say a, yeah. that happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then in regards to Alden Ehrenreich's character, his his arc is has potential to be interesting, except they just make him impotent and like like a just like a, a flaccid, useless character who's completely pathetic and also like. A lot of the times, just like completely sidelined, it is more Phoebe's movie than it is Alden Ehrenreich's. I thought it was, I thought it was like a co-lead situation, I, but I I'm now, too. I'm now quite clearly like it's it's from one character's perspective, which is fine. You can play it that yeah. way. I just think yeah. that yeah, he just when he's there, he just needs to do something. <laughs> yeah, like he just goes into his man cave and starts watching those videos and starts watching guy. like the Jordan Peterson, Mark Cuban hybrid like whatever that, it is like i, I looked i looked up his name it's patrick fishler from mulholland drive and like a lot of things he's he's the guy who has the scary dream of the dirty oh really oh person it's that guy he's really? the guy who is in the self-help youtube videos and i was like oh he's gonna show up later because he's super famous no nope. it's gonna be a dream <laughs> <laughs> doesn't show up at all so yeah. they they cameoed him but he was just in a YouTube video. That's so strange to me. But yeah, uh, anyways, it's, yeah, it's, it's really annoying. It's not annoying. It's, I don't know. It's lame. It's just like, yeah, like have Alden Ehrenreich pose. No kind of like, he just doesn't get anything interesting to do. Yeah. It's sad. And it's, it's also sad at his jobs. So I've been alluding to this, but the way their the way the conflict between them develops and the way their relationship breaks down, I don't think works very well. Because first yeah. of all, it breaks down immediately. Like yes, and then doesn't like it's it, there's it, nothing it, in the middle. It's gone and then already. Yeah, it's like the moment she gets the job, it's like the next day he's he is in the mode that he's in for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and like it only takes a sharp turn up towards the end when he gets like way more aggressive. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, it's fine to escalate it quickly, but you need in-between steps. Like, we need to mm-hmm. see, like, we need to see that go down. And it also, like, this movie's better if it goes up at some point. If, like, at some, I genuinely believe they need to, like, reconcile a little bit at some point. And they almost do that beat. They almost, in the middle, uh, where they are about to, like, have sex for the first time since, like, the very beginning of the movie, since the promotion. Uh, but turns out he's impotent. He cannot get it up. Uh, and so I think like one very obvious, like obviously that's what is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Like, and so again, I think that needs to happen earlier because that's something where it's like, okay, she just got the job and he's like trying to act cool about it. And he's like, yeah, let's have sex and whatever. And then like, it can't happen. And then that sends him down further. Like that feels like the way things should happen. Like it's this tumbling sort of thing, but where it is in this movie, the that's not even super relevant. Like, I guess the idea is that like, they can't reconcile because his attraction to her is so based on this power dynamic that yeah like it just doesn't work like and so if he feels emasculated then it, he can't have a relationship with her but i think this movie's a lot better if they at least on a surface level like come together a bit 
either at the midpoint or somewhere in act like to be kind of um but no it just like everything is just an argument and it's just like a meandering argument that just happens and doesn't really escalate and there aren't really turns to it and if they and again like if i just believed they loved each other and if i at any point rooted for their relationship which i don't then i think this movie is stronger like if i if i thought there was hope for them at some point in this movie but you very quickly don't think there's any hope for them yeah it's as soon as he loses out on that promotion he's like gone he's yeah. he's detached and I, I think that's it's a very obvious reason why this is not a particularly erotic erotic thriller because they just immediately stop having sex and that's like the whole thing like that's the idea of what an erotic thriller is and or sex and foreplay as well and I feel like there's so much missed opportunity because there, he's just not in the mood anymore and I I feel like especially like with this whole talk of like the the sexless nature of movies now like I feel like this while being on the surface on the label a sexy movie is still kind of in the same way like it's very treating sex scenes as like like I basically wrote like the sex foreplay is supposed to advance the plot the very <laughs> thing that people say it doesn't do yeah like that's what it is yes. in the, these movies particularly it is like the state like that is the thing you're supposed to do and the fact that they just stop doing it means like it's it's just a waste. It's such a waste, and I feel like it could have very clearly shown their changing relationship. Yeah. And I think this is this is a kind of a side point to that, but like, the when she gets power, I feel like she she never like rises up to it. She always feels like she's phony. She doesn't fit in. She's forcing it. Yeah. And it's it it has a different feel to it than if she actually started taking charge. Yes. And it's, I feel like it's, I don't know if I can critique that because like maybe well, it's just a choice they made, but like it, I don't like it. Like I think, I think it's so much more interesting if she gets power and just starts being more assertive. Why does he have to tell her to be more assertive? Why is it the surf Dracula thing where she has to learn to be <laughs> assertive the whole time yeah. and is only assertive at the very end of the movie? Like, yeah. It's Maybe also the lesson is being assertive is bad, so you can be assertive early and then realize it wasn't a good thing. Right. But, okay, you know? it's also, like... Oh, shit, what was I going to say? No, 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 no. Okay, it also reads as inaccurate. Because, like, real, like, woman CEOs, like, act by that's, and large like yes. the men who are CEOs. Mm -hmm. And, like, in fact, there are actually comprehensive studies, like... They literally adopt the same, like, vocabulary and vernacular, and they speak in the same code. Like, the office you hold, like, has a dramatic it's like impact. It's like, gender is, like, an yeah. office. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has, like, it has, like, a dramatic effect on the way you present yourself, on the way you behave, and there are, like, countless studies on this. And she mm -hmm. just, like, but she feels, like, somewhat feeble for the entire yeah. movie, and I just, again, it's like the point I made earlier, like, I don't believe she'd even be in the position we start with her with if this yeah, is how, yes. if this is her mentality towards things. And it's, it's crazy because this is basically like word for word, the exact same problem Sanctuary has. It's Sanctuary is uh, Margaret Qualley is like a dominatrix. And in that one, 
the other guy, Christopher Abbott, has the um, has the like the high CEO power and mm. like, anyways, in that movie, never do I believe that Margaret Qualley could possibly be a dominatrix, or like a powerful manipulator of powerful men, very much like yeah. someone who was out of her depth the entire time, mm. and I feel like what these movies both needed was, like. I don't know if it's just miscast or if it's like just different, um, different like direction of the actors. Well, I think it's writing like, too. They're just not written and and yeah. writing, but like characters that actually feel like they have the power. Yeah. Again, that's a like maybe considered a bad thing. Maybe morally, the movie is saying that's a bad thing to have power to be to feel powerful. But or that this, the this system of power is be, wrong. Yeah. Yes, and because the character's not allowed to be wrong, they can't do the bad thing. Yeah. And it's it just makes for a not interesting movie. Um, yeah. I was going to go on to something, but I don't remember where that was going. Uh, well, we can talk about Phoebe, actually, and sure. uh, her, her slash her character. Uh, we, we said to each other, and, and I, I watched this with Maddie, and we said that this character is like, or this actor is distractingly British. Yeah. Like... <laughs> possibly the most British looking person and I think is a British proper I don't want to say she's British if she's not like if she's like Irish I'll just so I'll just check um, she is an English actress mm. so yes so British. she's from Bridgerton I haven't seen yeah. Bridgerton but that's what everyone knows her from yeah and it's a combination of things it's she looks British uh, she has like the the I, I described her as having the um oh what's the actor's name the other one Kira Knightley. Who's the? Yes, thank you. Yeah. The Kira Knightley jaw, the tight forward jaw, mm. um, and then her accent is just not there. It is. It it's is bleeding through. <laughs> it's it slipping. Is. So so some things don't sound. They sound a little British, but yeah. then also it's very funny to put her up against Alden Ehrenreich, who has a very distinct accent. Yeah. Like I think his is like like kind of more like southern, like subtle, like country maybe I don't know. but i think that the other thing is that like when you hear her mom talk who has this like thick yes, like yes. long island accent and she <laughs> talks like the closest american she gets is like a valley girl kind of thing like she'll be like bag like she'll talk like that and like say things like that yeah it's like i don't maybe valley girl is the wrong thing but it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. an east coast new york accent even when it does feel american and like yeah. the thing is if she had if she gave me just a consistent California accent, I would have been like, okay, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Like, even though even though you're not from California, that's fine for me. But, like, the fact that it, it's just kind of not an accent, like, it just doesn't happen. It's, it's, yeah. So, the fact is, they chose the generalized American accent, which is the problem that most British actors do. They do not pick a specific region to emulate. They are just doing what they think is American, which means like, you know, harder R's instead of going like, um, air or whatever. They go air, water. Air. <laughs> yeah. water, water, water. That's a Australian. Anyways, water. um, water. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, so there's, it's not generalized. The mom thing. So funny when they're on the phone, she's like, mom, da, 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 you can't. Da, 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 da. And then she's like, Oh sweetie, don't even <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> like, there's that. 
And when she's talking to her boss, and he's oh, yeah. got a very thick accent. Alden Ehrenreich is from Los Angeles, I did learn. But okay. it's like, sounds distinctly American. Yes. And it's it's choosing a region gives it specificity, and she does not. Uh, lots of different things. So, distractingly British, but then also, like I said, I just, I think it's a combination of writing, direction, but I just don't believe her as like someone who and you said this too as someone who would work at a hedge fund at all and who would be promoted like you're you're promoting the person who we don't feel even belongs in this room because it's just kind of even if she's very good at her job which i believe i buy that like that the reality is like and they make a point of this it's about like playing the game and there's more to it Mm -hmm. than that it's not just about being good at her job especially if she was a woman like she would like being good at her job would not be enough. She wouldn't just rise for this company. She would have to, like, she would have to adopt a very specific mentality in order for me to believe this. But, I mean, I don't want to be a broken record. Like, I have said yeah. it, like, three times, but, yeah. yeah. And the movie I keep thinking of, although I will say, Asterix have not seen it, but I'm, like, just aware of it in a cultural sense, Fatal Attraction, very, very famous movie yeah. with Glenn Close, powerful businesswoman. I'm almost certain that she does not act like this character she's acting like a male character almost and that is like when i hear like erotic thriller takes place in like a male dominated business like that is what i'm expecting is someone who's taking power who's feeling masculine and they just don't do it um kind of talked about alden ehrenreich already uh although some things i didn't mention just yet um there's like subtle things early on that i did like like just kind of like the the seeds that maybe he's not he's kind of like weird and yeah. like I maybe... think it's it's clear from the beginning like even when he's like being nice it's like he's just like staring at her so it's just like That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like it's clear like I I don't think he really loves her at all like mm-hmm. which again I think the movie's better if he does but like a, and, a... I, or if the movie wants yeah. to examine how that works but I think like yeah like he, she's just she's just like a you know, it, it's like the play of the dollhouse like she's just like yes, she's like his doll uh and like mm. she, like she's something to admire and because he has power over her like she's this ornament for him yeah yeah I, but I, I specifically like he had a comment um after they think he's got the promotion he says like yeah i can't wait to to marry you to mark my territory piss on the tree you're the tree i was like yeah that's like that is an example of like dialogue that i believe it's kind of clunky and yeah and it is on the nose as well like it's on the nose but it's like got the fun kind of imagery of like like a dumb thing a guy would say and it seems like sort of innocuous enough that like you can kind of like laugh it off at that point yeah um because also if he's been like you have to assume that he's kind of been like this the whole time yeah so like i feel like he's kind of like at that moment she's like yeah i'm used to this he just talks like this but whereas other points it doesn't um let's talk about um oh the business plotline. Uh I I think I mentioned the causality thing. Like it doesn't feel like there's any like cause and effect, like this happens, so then this has to happen. Yeah. A lot of the events feel like and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, which is the worst way to write. Uh and specifically with the business, it is so apparent that that is just like a conglomeration of like, and now we are at work and the writer literally, literally at one point wrote something is happening yeah and like and they're doing like, work oh, things 
victory yeah, yeah. and bad <laughs> thing happens you know again someone who clearly does not understand the business so my my suggestion for that was like there's it should have been one thing like there's yeah. one goal they are working towards they're trying to get a client like the russian sure. who's randomly in the room at the end that feels like it makes it feel like we're going on a journey like we are trying like it, it helps track the arc of the film it's like a and unity of action thing too yeah. yes it's unity yes exactly yeah. and kind of like also raises the stakes like if we know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know? that's the thing like the reason i didn't bring this up as a critique for me it's like for all i know like that's not a thing in this job this job is so day-to-day mm-hmm. -day. so i was like yeah that's when i was like you won you did win movie you got me there <laughs> i don't know this job well enough to critique your portrayal of it <laughs> yeah but yeah i just feel like um as it was hard it was hard to follow along already because of the business jargon that i don't know and then harder to follow because it's different every time we are back at the office yeah. and it just kind of like again no stakes and i feel like i'm detached i don't care yeah. there's no it's just so much more compelling if they are working on the same project yeah. and the relationship is making it's making the project harder to work on and then he like uh, like screws up the project and it kind of like causes it to fail at the end and different ideas of tackling the same project. Lots of just like wasted opportunity for um, interesting conflict. Something I will say though, I actually think the movie does a good job of, we talked about how they just use a lot of jargon. I actually think the scenes are written well enough that you actually, like you understand what's happening. Like you don't need to understand every yeah. word, but you understand like, okay, that's like, that's good that's a threat to this guy like that means that means this for them okay i like i actually think the the there are a few times i noted where i was like oh okay that actually that's good because i don't know what you're literally saying but i do get the subtext which is what's important here yeah yeah um i'll say one of my last things i'll just say the editing i think i might have mentioned this already in my non-spoiler review but just like the choice of when to cut yeah i felt was almost completely random I also feel or, like, I think sometimes it's just very by the book. It's just like, okay, this character is talking. It's on them. Yes. It, yeah. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's also just that character new or character a starts talking. So we have to cut to them. No, you don't. And it's yeah. often more interesting if you're seeing the reaction. And there's so many like interesting compositional shots that like you could do an entire scene from, and that's how they would do it in the, in the olden days or like with the, the classic directors. <laughs> But they choose instead to just cut to like generic character singles. They cut to yeah. close-ups for no reason. Yeah. Like it's not a particularly impactful thing they're saying or an important moment. And we're just randomly in close-up. Yeah. I found that really infuriating. And usually I don't notice editing to this degree. Yeah. But it was just, it was so like just not quite right enough that i that i was picking up on it i noticed it particularly um, in uh it's one of the bigger arguments they have towards the end where i was just like it's oh in the dumbest end where she opens the fridge and chugs a bottle of like it's the stupidest i hate oh it yeah that. but it's that argument where it's just it is very just back and forth like one to one and i also i also feel like the timing of the editing is off on it like mm. it just it's just not the rhythm of the argument doesn't quite work but i didn't know i agree with you 
that scene is also really bad because it has the classic like after he leaves he goes fuck 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 yeah. fuck yeah. fuck yeah. and it's like the classic like oh she's she's so she's bad stressed. yeah oh she's it's, so angry yeah. quick thing there are multiple Joker moments in this movie don't like yeah, that I that is a Joker moment uh, don't like that I hate the dog thing like we talked about it already yeah. but like his like when he has this big Joker like. Um, when you have a guy and he's a dog and he gets kicked, <laughs> then he's gonna bark. Rawr, 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 rawr. Ah. It's like, like, come on. Yeah. 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 It's also just like completely unearned. The yeah. Things they, the, the tribulations they have gone through. I think, I think those things in of themselves, like in a vacuum, could work. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But like it's a vacuum. It, what always happens when, when these feel funny, when we laugh at these moments, it's because they're unearned. It's because nothing has happened up to this point. And then because I described this to you yesterday, it just feels like an erotic thriller made by like an alien or an AI who kind of like gets it, who knows the beats, but does not yeah. get it. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. No, I so, agree. So it's, it's, they know what needs to happen, but in, there's kind of the, the in-between things are just not there. The glue isn't there. So they're like, oh, they're, she has to scream, right? There's yeah. a part where she has to scream. Okay, yeah. uh, here's the screaming scene. And yeah. then it's just like, why is she screaming right now? There's like nothing intense has happened at this point. It's it just And it, it just comes across as like forced and quite comical when then it like does the classic like scream changing into the, the train, the oh, train yeah. squealing. Yeah. Like, fuck, 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 ah! And then train, train. Yeah. Really quickly, I don't want to dwell on this too much because I think we're wrapping up here. But there's a, yeah. a also the sound design so on the note. The sound design is like, okay, it's intense, so there's a heartbeat. So it does like the classic like there's either a heartbeat or ticking clock because we need to make it intense. Like that's it's just like the cliche thing. <laughs> Sorry, I heard something in my house. Um, <laughs> Ghost. But, uh, but um. No, and it, it it's just very, like, it's an intense moment, so we're going to be like, boom, boom. Like, it's, you know, like, it's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have quick things that I can rattle off, too. I have a few things I like, actually. I talked briefly about the divide between private and public life. I think that there's some interesting thing there, like what I already mentioned, how it's like they kind of act differently. Again, it kind of fizzles off, and they don't really talk about this too much later. Like, um, But, like, the idea of these are completely separate worlds for these characters, particularly because their relationship is a secret and like how that, how that affects the different things. Like that's an interesting idea. There's a thing about like, there's a good detail where like he doesn't care as much about keeping a secret. Like he's brought, I, at first I was like, okay, they, they want to keep it a secret, but she went to his wedding. She went to his brother's wedding like together. And then I was like, Oh, but at first I thought that was a problem, but then I actually was like, Oh no, it was his brother's wedding though. And it was his family. And so like he brought her there and like, so it's a problem for her, but not for him because he knows it's not going to be, it's not going to affect him as much. However, there is a moment where they walk out of their apartment together and she gets into a car clearly to go to work. And it's like, they clearly came out of the same apartment here. So that one is, the chauffeur knows. They don't get away with it. Does he know? Does Does he he know? know? Also, weird detail, but like, there's a whole thing about him not telling his family about the engagement and it's kind of it's a little counter in like against that point that it is his brother's wedding that he brings her to well so they know about her but he doesn't 
and I guess it's like the difference I, between like the commitment levels, but it's also to be fair, I actually think that's fine too because it depends on like when it happens. Like he mm. he brings her around when he has power over her, and like when when the the their relationship is asymmetrical, slanted towards him. Like, yeah. and that's when he feels fine with it. But the moment he feels like emasculated and disempowered, then that's when it's like, this is nothing. The relationship is not a point of pride for him anymore. And so I, I, I thought that was fine. Yeah. I'll say one thing for me is what I thought would happen and didn't end up happening. Again, it's kind of talking about a point we already discussed, but like in terms of Alden, Alden's character's incompetency, this movie would have been so much more interesting if he was like like the 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 idea of like two antagonists yeah like antagonists who are like both trying to get what they want and both leveling up at the same time i thought he was going to get promoted to something i thought so too that would have been so much more interesting if he gets a promotion and maybe she feels jealous of that or like she sees that as a threat yeah and like if he's like actually actively trying to sabotage her and if he wasn't quite as bad at his job like yeah. yeah i just again the thriller necessitates like a competent villain who you are going up against and that just isn't here yeah it's it's like it should be like a cat and mouse thing where yeah. they're also having sex but that's not what it is um two yeah cats. that's pretty much that's all i gotta say two cats <laughs> well cat and mouse would be i don't think that that works but anyways um uh, so then I think uh, I think it's time for our classic segment. Uh, you want to tell me what that is? Uh, yeah, so in case you haven't noticed, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to ask. Now it's time to get to the Predator. We asked the question, would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? Sure. Mm. I would say no because... <laughs> sure. I mean, it's the classic thing of like... <laughs> sure then no. Well, okay, because it's because it's the classic thing of when we don't like the movie very much, it's yes, yeah. and when we do like it, it's no. <laughs> but I also don't think realistically, I don't know where Predators fit into this movie. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. How about how about the the stocks in Predator? Yeah. Like the Predator, like who made Predator? Is it like Predator is actually just a hyper masculine role model? Is the thing he is actually peak male form, and so they should have they should have. He should have been motivated. She should have been buying Predator courses. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. How this is super quickly. The internet rabbit hole thing. Um, and like how he's going to this echo chamber, like this sort of like incel adjacent thing, super unnecessary. He doesn't like, he clearly, he doesn't yeah. need an impetus to become a dick. He already is yeah. one. Like it doesn't, it's yeah. yeah. But whatever. Yeah, but I don't want to get... I don't want to reopen the book. He's to be trained. Yeah. He's <laughs> to be trained to it. Um, it reminds me of uh, Don't Worry Darling. That was yes. another thing that I kept thinking of. was like another movie that is trying so hard to make good points, but doing it in a really like superficial and stupid way. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I don't, I don't, Predator doesn't really make this movie better. Um, yeah. But sure, I mean, hey, add some <laughs> thriller to it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, he, she cheats on him with Predator. Yeah. He cheats on her with Predator. Oh. Um, we have another segment. Uh, Peter usually introduces it. Uh, it is called Predator's Picks. Uh, we talk about what we have seen recently. Uh, I've seen very little, and Hayden has seen a lot. Uh, I, I have seen a movie as part of my Sydney Lumeathon uh, called The Verdict. It's, I think I have two left now. 
uh, in that marathon. It's a very slow marathon. Yeah. It's a bit of a jaunt. Yeah. Um, so this is this is with Paul Newman. It's uh, it's another trial movie. First trial movie of uh, Blue Maze I've seen since uh, 12 Angry Men. I'm not sure if he did other ones that I just didn't see. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, he does, he does those pretty good. He does them pretty good. Uh, I think 12 Angry Men is like just a masterpiece. Like you're not going to come up against that easily. But uh, I think the verdict was still quite fun. It's, uh, it's, it takes a different kind of uh, view of it. It's, it's a down and out lawyer who feels like a failure and who, who has not won a court case in three years or something and has also done very few court cases. Uh, and he's just a drunk and it's nice to see like kind of like that underdog story of like someone who feels like shit and who doesn't really care finding a cause and then like trying to be better and you know doing quite well for themselves uh and so so that was that was a fun nice movie it's quite long uh but i I didn't really mind it in that sense um and the cinematography is really good as Pretty, pretty often Lumet films are. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy that one. And it's also like, it's funny because like, I'll watch a Lumet film and I, I'm going to just see my list and I'll be like, wow, that was really good. And it'll be like my seventh favorite. Damn. <laughs> you know? So like yeah. the verdict is at number six. Damn. And I was like, yeah, it was really good. And because there's like five other ones that are really, really good, you know? Um, I also saw uh, the first episode of Loki. I've not seen the second one yet. I thought you would out. freeze yourself. I, th- uh, I thought you freed yourself from how the do we? What do you mean? I freed <laughs> myself in the sense that I don't feel the need to watch mm, everything. Sure. I'm picking and choosing now. I haven't seen Secret Invasion. Sure. I haven't seen Ahsoka. So, like, I'm, right. I'm free of the shackles. Sure. I'm not shackled to them. <laughs> but you're willingly going like, back to the well. I can come and visit. Because yeah. <laughs> so like, I, liked, I liked Loki Season 1. I don't, I don't think it was perfect. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the character. And watching this one, I'm definitely like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I'm, I think I'm feeling the lack of shackles yeah. of just, and watching it by myself, not with like people who are like, oh, this is awesome. I was just kind of like, oh, wow, well, this is not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Classic uh, Kihi Kwan is in this doing another multiverse thing. So he's, he's getting like, typecasted i guess in a really niche genre (laughs) uh so so but like he's he's fun i like him um i don't know where this is all going but i don't know i like the characters and i don't know the whole (laughs) jonathan major thing has screwed this all up (laughs) and and also like what is what is kind of like the the underlying fear i have for this series is that the showrunner from the original from the first season did not come on for the next one mm-hmm. i mean showrunner loose term not what they were doing right. but like there was like the main the closest to main visionary is different it's the ben uh moorhead and benson i think two directors who i've heard about they're they're like young and they're on twitter and um i just know that they do a lot of horror films and they're as i haven't seen any of them but on letterboxd they're just not particularly good they're like in the mids sure. they're in the mid kind like of area the three, and so three point whatever yeah and they always they they have a very distinct style of like actually maybe you should check these guys out uh i'll see if i can like yeah sounds like, like one was about like a, a cult kind of thing if only I, oh yeah 
Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. So they, there's a movie called The Endless. I think that one was about the cult. Oh, they did the one called uh, Synchronic. That was the one with um, who plays Falcon? Uh, Anthony Mackie. What's his name? Anthony Anthony Mackie. Mackie, where he goes like back in time, and like like drugs. It's drugs that take oh, you okay. back in time or something. Like all like like weird weird kind of weird sci-fi things. So you might like these guys. Sure. Um, but they're they're not uh, particularly well regarded films. Oh, three point four is not bad. Anyways, so, bad. so I'm just a little a little hesitant with the changing uh, hands. I suppose. Uh, we'll see. And then the other thing I watched was something you had watched as well. The second uh, Wes Anderson short on Netflix, The Swan. Uh, personally, I like this one like a lot. Um, I think Henry Sugar was good, was really good, but something about The Swan, maybe it was the unity of action kind of thing. Like it felt more like a short film, significantly shorter. Mm. It was only 17 minutes compared to like 45, I want to say, for Henry Sugar. Um, I also just liked the um, how, I don't know who the actor is, but the how the actor does basically the entire thing in a two-camera narration, and he's playing an older version of the young character, and he's doing voices. I just found it so captivating. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I also just like the characters better. I don't know. I really, really responded to The Swan. Uh, so I really enjoyed that one. Cool. Yeah, I also watched The Swan. I liked it. Um, I, I think, like... I probably felt about the same about it as I did Henry Sugar, uh, but I liked Henry Sugar, so I mean I liked them both. I liked them both a lot. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been on a big horror kick. Other than stuff for the pod and the occasional short film, I think I've only watched horror films for like a month or two. Like just it is October. I've I've just been just been going hard, and so just to rattle off some of the ones I watched. So I watched Alien and Aliens. I've seen both these movies before. Uh, multiple times so this is a these are rewatches god alien that is alien is just like there's nothing like that there isn't a single movie that is like that mm. and i mean like the thing is kind of close in some ways but it's clearly a different flavor there's just no movie like alien it's so good it's so so good that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time i love alien mm. so much that's like it's just a clear five star to me um aliens also a really good movie. I've I've never liked Aliens as much as Alien. Clearly a different type of movie. Very satisfying, like, action sci-fi, towards, especially towards the end. Like, oh, the third act of Aliens yeah. is crazy. That's so much fun. Well, it, it is a James Cameron yeah. joint. It is that a James is... Cameron joint, and it feels like a James Cameron joint. Uh, in a does. good way, though. Uh, I, I, liked, I really like that movie. Uh, okay, yeah, I've watched some other... We run some other franchises. I watched The Exorcist for the first time. That is, I wrote in my letterbox review, this is electric filmmaking. Uh, I, I read that. I think this is an incredible movie. I, I really, really loved it. I see everyone's reviews are like, oh, this is funny. This is super funny. And I, I understand that. I do understand. It wasn't it, scary. I, I'll tell you that. I disagree with you. Uh, so really? I don't think like I was not, I slept fine that night. Like I'm not going to, I don't think maybe scared mm-hmm. isn't the right word. But this movie is so well directed and so well yeah, no, written I think it's good. that like it's it gets the perfect mood. It knows exactly what it's talking about. It knows exactly what is freaky. The way the sternness with which it treats these like Catholic ideas is very well done. I think like 
I like again. It's like so. I understand what people think is funny, but the parts that other people laughed at, I was like, I did not laugh at all. Like I was like leaning forward, and I was like, I was like just captivated by this thing. Mm-hmm. I also don't think it being funny is a bad thing, though. Like I just think like it's clearly supposed to be like somewhat audacious in parts, and I think that yeah. But anyway, I thought I thought it was like an incredible movie. Um, saw The Exorcist three as well. I skipped two because I heard it's not very good, and I've heard three is quite good. Three is quite good. Oh, is it? It's very fun. Oh. It's a very cool movie. It was directed by the author of the book that originally wrote The Exorcist. Oh, I heard about yes. Um, and right. you might have seen, there's a certain jump scare that circulates on Twitter every now and then because it's very good. Uh, it's in a hospital. If you haven't seen it, I would say don't see it. Like, don't seek out this clip and just watch the movie because it's like okay. way, it's, it's way better when you see it. It's like a really, it's just really well done. Um, yeah, it's not as good. I don't think it's as tight of a story. And it doesn't feel as, it doesn't have the same atmosphere of like doom and dread. But I, th- I think it's, I think it's really good. Uh, I watched one pre-code, pre-haze code horror called Doctor X. Uh, I did not like this movie very much. I thought it was like, I thought it was cool. I thought, it, I thought parts of it were cool. The parts were fun. There are actually some gorgeous shots. This was an example of like a really early color film. It was in the 30s, but. Um, it was like two strip colors. So everything, every color is like green and orange kind of like, those are the only two colors that are there and everything is like a shade of that. Um, and it, it, there are some gorgeous, gorgeous shots in here and the main character is kind of like a funny little, like cheeky guy. Uh, but the movie is not great. Uh, like that, this is a movie where I paused and I was like, Oh, it's over. Like I, I paused it to get up to get something expecting like a good 40 minutes left. And it was like, it was over. Uh, I also rewatched Memento. That's a good movie. I like that movie a lot. A Don't have too much to say about it. That's a good movie. Uh, and then a few r- random ones. I watched a, a Japanese movie called Naroi, The Curse. This was a found footage horror movie. Not great. Um, I do love a good found footage horror movie, and there are some parts of this that are really cool, um, but I don't think it winds up... It doesn't... Uh, it, it just doesn't reach the heights as like Blair Witch or something like a really really great found footage uh, I also watched last thing watched John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness this was a 90s movie he made it's part of the trilogy the loose trilogy of like apocalypse films he made with The Thing being one of them as well uh, this movie is okay some really cool ideas some like Lovecraftian horror elements into it um, I think that it just doesn't quite uh, live up to its premise as well as it should, uh, but I did like it. Uh, that's mm, it. Yeah, I really liked when, like, in the mouth of madness, like when Doctor Strange saw like Professor X, yeah. and he, like said hi, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the mouth yeah. of madness. Uh, next week, uh, I don't want to say if it's if I'm wrong, but let me just turn around and look at my calendar. Moon, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like it's Killers of the Flower Moon. That's what I was thinking, and I just wanted to confirm that, and it seems to be confirmed. Hopefully it's here yeah. where we are. I think but, I think I saw. Uh, I was looking at Cineplex, and I think it is. Okay, I, for bigger movies, yeah. usually, yeah. usually it is. And let me tell you, I'm excited for this I'm movie. I'm very excited. This is kind of like I feel like I haven't felt this like <laughs> like I'm not like su- like I'm not like, like super hyped, yeah. but like I'm I'm anticipating this movie, and I feel like I haven't felt that way in a bit. And I feel like I haven't I sense. feel like I haven't watched like a great movie in theaters in a couple months now. Like it right? like it feels like Oppenheimer Barbie was the last time I was like, "Oh, these are good movies." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so I'm excited. I'm just going to breeze through some of the best things we've seen recently. 
Blue Beetle, obviously. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot here. Like, because August, it's August and September. You're not getting a lot there. I guess um, Theater Camp was really fun. Very that was fun. a good one. But that was I in see August. As well. Uh, and then, yeah, Oppenheimer. But yeah, this should be good. Yeah. Excited to see uh, from, from Marty. We'll see. Uh, if you like our show check us out on instagram and twitter at predator v movies i should i should post on the, the twitter more than ever i don't i really gave up on twitter so we might we have to figure that out but uh yeah i should make that more worth people's while but uh if you like if you want something that's actually maybe worth your while both of us are on letterboxd uh i am at underscore alex gordon underscore uh I leave reviews sometimes. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. Peter, do you have anything to plug? No, you're not here. Oh, my God. You know what that means. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Leave a star rating. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, and leave uh, a review and leave a star rating. And tell your friends. And tell your friends. Uh, we actually got a lot of... Oh, we have to do this. We got a lot of comments oh, yeah. uh, for our last episode. In a rare uh, turn of events, so I'm gonna pull those up. Uh, that is not the right link. Crap! <laughs> I don't. I'm. Uh-oh. I have to find them all. Uh-oh. I have to congratulate or thank our guests or our, our commenters, whatever. Fuck. Thank you. Shit, fuck. <laughs> okay, here's one. The creator on YouTube, Zach Milne, talks movies. Says this movie was absolutely stunning with the visuals. I also love the world building and the depiction of the war between humans and AI and how the AI were used in the movie. The movie did not sorry, the movie did get undercut for me when it came to the emotional impact because while I was invested in the world, I could never get as invested in the story or the characters. Still a solid flick though. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Aww, Thank you. Thanks. And we pretty much agree with you. Uh, so thanks thanks for reaching out. We also got a comment on our uh, letterbox on our um, Spotify that I'm trying to find. Where the hell is it? <laughs> Where the hell is Spotify Ethan, who we definitely do not know, <laughs> said, "I am a creator salad. You guys are just haters." Yes, we are. We're Thank you, Ethan, for reaching out. And then this is kind of a side one, but on my letterbox, someone reached out. Someone who who we followed each other mutually for a bit. And this person says, uh, Maximus Soul says, Hey, dude, I just downloaded this one and subbed to your podcast. Thanks, Thank you, Maximus Soul, for subbing to the pod and for downloading this episode. We love our listeners. Thank you for reaching out. It lets us know uh, we should keep doing this yeah, and not just give up. It was actually weird to like <laughs> hear that there comes because I was like, Oh, man, people listen to this? Like, I, re- yeah, right? I really do feel like we're just talking to a void every week, or specifically to my brother every week mm. <laughs> uh, there's also an element yeah. of us talking to each other yeah. but that's kind of a side right. thing that's that that's who sad. cares yeah. <laughs> uh anyways uh like i said you have to do it though you're contractually obligated so they have actually fulfilled their contracts they had to yeah. uh but until next week when we do killers of the fire moon i've been alex and i'm still alex and i've i've been in and i'm still in and this was predator versus movies see you next week <laughs> 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 <laughs>